When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Overalls? There aren't any cows to milk here, kid. Going back to the farm now. I'm looking for my sister. Oh, Shirley Temple lost her sister. So sad. I saw her. Here. Uh uh-uh. uh. Hand out of pocket. Slow. Is that Collie? Collie? How'd you find us? Who else knows you're here? No one. So what then? Poof, you just show up like magic with that picture? I stay calm. She's just a kid. A, a kid who could get us all killed. I have to ask you again, Shirley. You're going to start losing things, starting with those pretty little locks of yours, yeah? Come on, Axe. Put down the knife. How did you find us? I saw her. Ah! That's not an answer. Terrible dancer, Axel. I told you, stay out of my head. So we're threatening little girls now, are we? Hey, everybody. I'm Marima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today, we'll be covering the seventh episode from season two, titled Chapter Seven, The Lost Sister. Lost sister and some twisted sisters, I think. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> a few. In, in this episode. That might have been a more appropriate title. <laughs> this definitely had a lot of that 80s music in there, so. It did. I was really excited. I really liked it. So, are you ready to jump into our top five? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Okay, I'll I'll get her started this week. So my number five, uh, just to kind of get us started, it kind of starts off right there at the beginning of the episode is Aunt Becky. So 
I I know I mentioned in like when we first saw Eleven meet her Aunt Becky and her mother that I was really taken aback and surprised by how quickly she just accepted Eleven for being Jane. Like, like oh, okay, you're Jane. Yeah, that's great. You're my long-lost niece, and we're going to be a happy family. You know, it just seemed just too weird to me um, that she just was so accepting of, of all of that. And it turns out, I don't know that she was as accepting. I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I thought she had, might have had me fooled a little bit, but I think we saw, at least if I'm seeing that right, I had a little trouble even on my second round watching. Maybe I should have turned on the closed captioning on when she was having that conversation on the porch. Like, uh-huh. Is she turning 11 in? She, she, uh, she was calling the police station Hopper was from, I think. Yeah. Because she had Hopper's card, so she was basically, I, I don't know if she was really turning her in. Because the part I caught is she was saying something about another missing girl. Yeah, so was she then going to turn in Holly? That's what I think she was kind of alluding to, is that there's another, yeah, like she's reporting there's another missing girl. Not so much that Eleven's missing. Okay, that that part had me just a little bit confused. And like I said, I probably should have turned on my closed captioning. I had it turned up, but I think even with my sound up a little bit, I still was kind of missing some of it because it's like they... It's like you could hear some of what she said, but it's almost like they didn't really want you to hear what she said. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just that was lost on me. But I I just I found that really interesting. And of course, you know, Eleven discovers that and freaks out because she's so excited that she's found her. Um so I don't know. And I thought that the files of all those missing kids, you know, that was something we hadn't seen before. You know, there's all of these file cabinets just full of of these files that her mom you know, was using to try and, and find her um, before they did what they did to her, of course. And yeah, it's really showing was... her mom's, like, uh, dive into this before the whole, you know, Rainbow Room situation. Like, she was digging deep, like, very X-Files, you know. The yes. truth is out there, Mulder style. Yes. Oh, that's, oh, gosh, Sean, you know how to make my day with <laughs> an X-Files reference. <laughs> that does it for me. I, oh, gosh, I'm an X-Files Mulder nut, that's for sure. Yeah, that's really good. That's exactly um, the the vibe that you get from that. I just thought it was just really interesting. I, I don't really know. I guess that makes me feel a little bit def- differently about because I, I thought surely you are not like turning in eleven. I mean, she, you know, I think I think she really believed her, but I don't know. I wasn't sure how to feel about all that. But I just found all of that really interesting. Got to see all these files and the research that her mother did. Um, her reaction to turning in, I guess it was Kali, and then. I thought it was, did you catch whenever it flashed to Elle's mom after she, after Becky realized that Eleven had taken off, she's looking at this, at the TV screen and she's still mumbling, you know, the, the rainbow, rainbow, uh, 450 sunflower and all of those words. And she looks at the TV and it's doing that countdown that it used to do way back in the day. And it flashed to number eight. Well, I thought it was channel eight is what it was going to. Was it channel eight? That's so, what I, I, I thought I saw. Okay. Well, I saw the number eight. <coughs> And I was like, oh, isn't that funny? Because who are we going to go visit? Yeah, number eight. Number eight. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. So that's my number five is is the whole beginning um, with Aunt Becky and that turn of events. Yeah, that really sparked. Five? Uh, so my number five, uh, kind of jumping into the group that Eleven goes to visit. And I love that uh, you know this group has a plan, you know. They go to these supermarkets or these gas stations, and you know you get to learn this you know game they like to play. It's the supermarket sweep. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's interesting because eight when she shows up there, you know, like they've done this before. It's very obvious, and they try to use like she tries to use her power not to hurt people, 
at least at least like this kind of person, you know, she's like, hey, your toilet's running and makes them believe that the toilet's running. And that gives them the opportunity to go in and start nabbing things. And some of the items that I I've I noted that when you're doing a supermarket sweep, what you like to grab are egos, mm-hmm. beer, tampacks, <laughs> <laughs> and fly swatters. I know. What was up with the flies? And sunglasses. Don't forget the sunglasses. Oh, and sunglasses. Yeah. Checking out those sunglasses. (laughs) Uh, It was funny because you see Elle walking around. She's she's looking at the fruit for a second. She's like, oh, shit, Eggos, and goes right for those. Of course. But, I mean, it just it's very much a, uh, I don't know what you call this group because, and I don't have a real good sense of what this group is. Mm -mm. Like, if they're really bad, if they're, you know, I kind of got to feel like they're tricking Elle to an extent. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they're not telling her exactly everything's going on. Mm-hmm. And it seemed kind of like, uh, you know, those uh, very comic booky where, you know, the hero with the superpowers is being tricked by somebody to use it for a bad, but they think they're using it for good. But in this event here, you know, they're just, they're, they trick the person that's running the counter. They take the money. They take what food they can. But they do their best not to hurt the person. Uh, and it seemed like they, if they've done this a few enough times, like, it didn't seem like they give themselves enough time. Because, no. you know, the guy just starts breaking it. You know, Mohawk guy. I don't know, badass Mohawk guy. He's <laughs> he's nabbing some cash. And I thought he was going to grab, like, some booze or cigarettes, but he goes right for the cash. Oh, went for the cigarettes, man. Yeah, back, back then, the yeah. Day. Yeah. Of course, they were cheaper back then, too. Yeah. Like, now it's, like, 30 bucks a pack, and then it was, like, a nickel. <laughs> right. I think they gave him away, really. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was only in there for less than a minute and comes barging out with a gun, so he was carrying it on his person. Exactly. And, uh, that was not hidden behind the counter like you normally see. And I kind of wonder if that was a test for L because, you know, uh, eight, what's her name? Is it Chloe? Collie. Collie. Collie didn't really do her power once he came back out because, I mean, she could have been like, oh, hey, we're not here or something. Mm-hmm. But she, I think she was kind of wanting L to do something to kind of like be part of the group. And like L. Testing her loyalty or something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And L uses her, you know, superpower to, you know, throw the guy across the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, they rush out right as the police are showing up. But, you know, this is a game that I've never participated in, but it's the supermarket sweep with the, the misfit. I don't know. What would you call these guys? Like the misfit group? Not really misfit yeah. toys. I was just thinking them like just the misfits, misfit gang or something. I like that. They're, that's kind of how they, you know, um, describe themselves. And what Kali was saying to Elle was like, they're just. They're all outcasts and misfits, um, so I don't know. Yeah, they're they're definitely an odd bunch, but it it really, I don't know. It just what? How did they they said she she saved us? How did she save them? I mean, I don't know that we need to know that. But what is it that she did for them that has put this group together? Because obviously, she has done something for each of them to make them loyal enough to her to go out and break the law and to risk themselves, like risk their freedom of not going to jail um, and risk their lives. Cause they, I mean, they were firing at the, they were like shooting at the cops and the cops were shooting back. I mean, they, so they could have died. So they're, they are risking their lives um, and they're risking of course being caught and being put in jail. What was it that she did that was so amazing or whatever that she's, you know, like demanded or, um, that they're giving her this this much loyalty. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I could hypothesize on a lot of stuff. I mean, it seems, I mean, her power obviously is like to make people see or do things, or not really do things, I guess, but see things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. So all these characters here have very, seem like they have some kind of mental issue. Like, it seems like they're not, you know, uh, I don't know what you would say. Like, they're not crazy, but maybe they're slightly crazy or they're they're just not quite right. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's doing something to kind of, you know, fix those broken pieces or, you know, maybe they've gone through these tragic events, like uh, the one girl who said like she escaped from the Lumini bin, I think is what they said. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she's, you know, putting it in her head that she uh, doesn't have that traumatic event that caused her to go down that path. So maybe that's like how she's fixed them and she's kind of either helped them, you know, forget things or see things differently in their past. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering, too, because the the one guy, like, pointed to his head, like, she helped me here, and, Mm -hmm. like, pointed up to his head, like, she helped me mentally, or, you know, something to do with that, so I thought, oh, okay, so did you have some sort of experience that she was able, with her powers, to make you forget, or something, because... I just thought that that's it's got to be something kind of big. I feel to to you know have them because they're they're killing people. They're, yeah. they're killing people. Uh, you know they're risking their lives, risking their freedom. You know for for whatever it is that she's done. So I'm like, well, what was so big that people are willing to to just say, sure, okay, we'll go hunt these people that hurt you and hurt this other girl and you know did all of these terrible things to you and these other people. I mean. I don't know. I'm trying. I was trying to think like, what what would someone have to do for me? <laughs> to, yeah, no, know, yeah. Like uh, to demand that kind of, um, lo- you know, lo- I won't say blind loyalty, but this loyalty to be like, yeah, we're just gonna go rob uh, these gas stations. We're gonna, you know, commit all these crimes, and you know, it's like, well, what would someone have to? I don't know. It would have to be pretty big, I guess. It just made me curious, and and we may not know, and I think that's okay. But I just. It just made me curious of how this group of, of people, like you said, how did they come together and, and what, you know, them now uh, like serving a common purpose. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because usually like whenever you see these people like rally together, it's for a common cause. But really, it's like they're fighting her war. Exactly. They, so they're what's... Not, yeah, they're not in it. I mean, it had nothing to do with them. Yeah, because they even made that a big point when she was checking out. I can't, what they call the big guy? Was it like big friendly? Oh, I forgot. I don't know. I don't remember, but we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, big friendly because he was a nice guy. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, she checked his hand real quick whenever uh, she first met him. It was like, yeah, I'm in eight's like I'm the only one that has you know anything like that. So if you're looking for numbers, you know, you're there's only one person to look for. But yeah, my you know it's kind of not really the introduction of the group, but it's their first big crime with L, and that is the supermarket sweep. Well gonna have to play that sometime but not with uh, live <laughs> ammo that's for sure um yeah that was interesting good number five so my number four is super short and sweet because he was only briefly mentioned and made a quick appearance or non-appearance i guess um and that's dr brenner mm-hmm. so we've seen a quick flash of him before um like in flashbacks whenever we saw what happened to to eleven's mom um, so that, you know, that was, it was kind of like, Ooh, takes us back a little bit, but it wasn't like this where we hear, what was his name? Ray say, uh, that he was still alive and Eleven's like, you know, I killed Papa, you know, he's dead. And he's like, no, he's not. I'll take you to him. And it's like, what, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't see it. I mean, we saw him fall down with everybody else, but we don't know that he's dead. No, uh, I mean, there was some great chaos 
after you know the demigorgon leaped out of the hole there at the school when he was there with all of those soldiers and it, it leapt on him for sure i think we know that but we don't know what happened after that we i mean i guess we assumed that it had taken him out because hey it was a demigorgon after all right so i mean <laughs> you just assume that it's it's gonna do enough damage to kill him um because it, i mean it's got a mouth its whole mouth is or face is teeth so it doesn't take much to uh take someone out um you know i feel like he's those things are pretty good at that um, so I guess we just assumed, but we don't know. What did we see later on in season one um, there at the beginning? We just saw like what trails of blood, right? It looked like bodies mm -hmm. had been dragged or something, but we didn't see, you know, the bodies. So we don't know that it was him. So I don't know. I'm really interested um, in, do you think we'll find out this season? We have two I episodes uh, left. I don't know if we'll find out this season. I think, you know, they, they're, I mean, it might be kind of like the, the carrot for season three. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause you know, uh, and it just kind of shows the, the power of eight because she gets inside Elle's head mm -hmm. and makes her see this thing. And, you know, you see Elle kind of have like that understands like, this is fake, this is fake, but she's still like is communicating with this image in her brain. And, uh, oh, it's just, it's really powerful to see eight's like power to the, you know, the extreme. Yeah, that's I don't I don't have a lot to say about that. I just just like a quick like what do we think and you know what what Ray said, speculating if we'll find out this season. I think with only two episodes left, we probably won't. It seems like there's a lot to wrap up for only yeah. two more episodes because this whole this whole episode was all eleven centric and we didn't see anything else back where we left it. I mean, they left me hanging. They left me hanging. I didn't get to see what the hell was crawling out of that damn hole. No, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> And this is, I mean, this, a lot of TV shows you see have, like, filler episodes. Yeah. And this one didn't feel like a filler episode at all, no. really. I mean, you kind of got an idea of what, Elle, like, it's kind of like her journey. Yeah. You know, her journey home to an extent. But, uh, like, if this is one of those, like, if, if this is a week-to-week, -week, like, how we watch it, mm -hmm. if this is week-to-week, -week, you're kind of like, oh, man, I really want to watch the next one right away. Yes. But in a binge format, like, this is a good, like, oh, this is a good break between the action, and now it's ramping up for the last two episodes. Yeah, I think we'll get probably a little bit of that in, in feedback from some of our listeners who um, have, who did binge it and, and maybe they have a different perspective. Um, I'm not sure how many people who, who didn't like or care so much for this episode, if they, if they maybe didn't binge it all at once, or maybe if they spread it out a little bit more. I had, don't know too many people that are watching it like us and haven't binged and are just watching it week to week along with this um if you are thank you for your patience let me just <laughs> we <laughs> we understand how hard it is we're going through it and we struggle every week but um, just like lots of things you can't get right to the end of it you got to kind of prolong it and it just makes it that much better yeah we're, we're savoring it because once <laughs> you once you binge it it's gone right i mean you can rewatch it i guess but you only get that first time once um, so, so anybody that's following along and, and really hasn't binged it or watched ahead and they're watching it with us, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you, but we appreciate everyone who's listening to us because, um, if I wasn't podcasting on it and choosing to do this way, I would have done watched it weeks ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious with, uh, like we talk about Dr. Brenner and trying to figure out like what this group is doing together. This just popped mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah. So what if like, they're actually working for Dr. Brenner? Ooh. Like, you know, she, they're going around tying up the loose ends and, you know, L shows up. So it's like, oh, this is like another 
you know, one, it's going to make our jobs easier. Then two, it's another name off my list to get to Dr. Brenner. I don't know. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Don't have any like suspicion whatsoever, except just kind of just our just quick discussion on Dr. Brenner and if he's going to show back up. And like, that seems like that'd be a good way to fit him back in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, you can't just put him out there and say that he is still alive and just not go somewhere with it either this season and in he either is or he isn't. We may not see, you know, a resolution to it, but will we know for sure whether he is or isn't this season or will it be something that will be explored? We know that there's a season three coming, um, you know, will it be explored then? I feel like you can't put it out there without telling us one way or another sometime eventually or, or what that means exactly. And, and yeah, is, is there some sort of tie in with this, with this misfit group? That's a really interesting, cause we don't really know too much. I mean, we got a little bit about Kali. She talked a little bit about, or with Eleven about when she ran away and she had a family similar to Eleven. Like when she's like, you know, with you, with your cop, you know, that she mm. found a home and a family. Um, but then she still broke away from that because they couldn't help her either. So who knows what happened to her in between all that time? I'm trying to remember. Did she tell her about the cop or? Eleven did. Okay. I couldn't remember if she specifically said something about it or not. Yeah. Eleven told her. Um, that she she had found a home because she said how long were you with the cop and she said 327 days or something like that <laughs> <laughs> so she was counting the days uh down like a like a prisoner etched on the etched in the wall so i don't know i just thought that was interesting it was super short and sweet but they keep they keep throwing him out there this season in flashbacks and then um a, a mind trick that collie shows 11 and then a piece of information from ray while they're torturing him. So I don't know. Interested to see um, what they're going to do with that. So do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, I think that kind of tidies up Dr. Brenner for me. I think so. What's your number four? All right. So my number four. uh, So, you know, we see, you know, from season one, we see Elle has a number on her arm. Beginning of the season, we see another person that has letter, the number eight. And, you know, you try to figure out, like, okay, is this like one set of powers? Is it different powers? And my number four is really just kind of exploring eight's powers. So mm-hmm. at the very beginning, you get a quick thing of, you know, the, the uh, you know, bridge collapsing. And you're thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is another L. She has power. It's like L where she can just destroy things, mm-hmm. you know, with her mind. It's powerful mind. And then, you know, the cop yells at his driver. like, what are you doing, you stupid person? <laughs> Why would you stop? And then you see, hey, the bridge is all one piece still. It didn't fall apart. Yeah. And we get to see the extent of that through here. You know, she's showing uh, Axel, which I wonder if that has any inspiration pre-Axel Rose. <laughs> uh, you you have uh, uh, him with his fear of spiders. You know, the potential of her helping out the misfits with whatever kind of his situations they're having. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see in here she's able to uh, make people not see them. So essentially she can make them become invisible, which was yeah. awesome. was cool. Uh, she brings Dr. Brenner into the picture. Um, and then she does a really cool, like, uh, oh, inception type thing where she has all these, like, this, like, a wall getting built in front of these cops. Thank you. Thank you so much again for bringing in. You're bringing in all the good stuff. Now, <laughs> you, now you've thrown in an, an inception. 
Oh my god, I love Inception <laughs> so much. But it's it kind of it's cool to see that you know. I mean, I think it just shows that they're they're really pushing like ideas into the show because you could really just have like, oh well, you know, all the people that are in this program have the same power; they can move things with their minds or see things. Yeah. But in this instance, it's like, no, she's basically like she has control over other people's mind, mind control to an extent. She's like Jean Grey in the X-Men. In a, yeah, to in an extent. A, yeah. a very smaller sense. Jean Grey is obviously extremely powerful. Um, I think but, Professor and, Xavier you know, had the similar power where he could make people see things. Yeah. And I, you know, I really hope to see her back. But I mean, that's that's always like a really cool power to think about because, you know, I'm selfish and I try to think like if I could have a superpower, I'd want one where I could benefit like either financially or like in, in life somehow. And that power you could. Evil? Yeah. Well, I mean, minor evil. Like with this, you could go to like Vegas and, you know, you put like a hundred dollars down on double zero green and the ball falls in, you know, something else. And it's like, hey, it fell into green. And yeah. the guy's like, yeah, it did. Here, take all this money. You're like, thank you, sir. <laughs> But Good my uh, my number four just kind of goes to getting to see the extent of eight's superpower. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. I I really got a kick out of it. I was so hooked when we first saw her that first episode of season two in the cold open. You know when they're being chased by the cops, and as you said, she made them think that you know. And I thought at first, you know, because you get that at first that it really did happen. So that was cool in of itself. That you're like, oh, she just made that bridge collapse, and then realize, yeah. no, she just made them think it did. And she and I love that little when she closed her eyes, that just real quiet. She closes her eyes, makes that hand gesture, and just says, "Boom." Yeah. And and it looks like the bridge is collapsing, and then to find out it wasn't. I was like, oh, I like this girl. I hope you know you cannot throw her out there. You got to show me more of her. I'm completely fascinated. And of course, we got to see her in this episode and learn who she is and. Um, how that ties into Eleven, because, you know, obviously you see the tattoo and clearly she's somehow in relation to whatever was happening to Eleven, this girl was a part of as well. So hopefully we were going to see more of her, but I was fascinated with her from that very first episode and I really enjoyed getting to see her here as well. And that actually ties into, I'll just go into it because it ties into Kali is my number three, the lost sister. Okay. Um, so I'll just jump into that since we're already kind of talking and I'll just elaborate a little bit about it. I, I loved everything about her. I loved her accent. I loved her hair. I her hair was awesome. I loved her hair. God, I mean, I wish I had the balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked so fantastic on her. I love the purple that she had in her hair because I'm a freak over purple. And I love <laughs> putting color in my hair and doing that kind of thing. I thought it fit her perfectly. I thought it fit her personality. And her attitude, so she, I thought, she, you know, she just had a really interesting look. She had the leather pants going. It made me break out my leather pants the other day. After I watched <laughs> this episode, I was like, all right, now I'm wearing my leather pants. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's that time of year, so. It is that time of year, so she completely inspired me. I didn't go get her hairstyle or anything, and I didn't flaunt around an accent, but um, <laughs> she totally inspired my fashion for the day. So, and we talked a little bit about how she put together this this band of misfits, which you know we're interested in hearing more about, and then how exactly she saved them, and how that all came about, and how they, you know, um, and what her mission is to seek seek out the men behind those experiments, and how awesome her powers were. The wall, like you said, you mentioned that up at the end um, when the cops are getting, you know, chasing them, and her and Eleven are having that little discussion, and that wall is up. I just, I mean, that was a perfect description 
um, relating that to Inception, I thought that was super cool when she made them think that they were invisible when they were inside. I mean, it's it's amazing the things that she could do, and I really hope that we get to see her her more. Um, but what did you think? So, what what are your thoughts about? her using Eleven to find the people that she's seeking revenge on. Cause there, when she had put Eleven, you know, she, I guess, tucked in Eleven to bed, you know, she left her upstairs and she comes back down and she's like, she found me with just this. And she shows them the, the like the newspaper article with her picture on it. And she wants to use her to find, cause obviously she's going to make their job a lot easier in finding these people. Cause all she has to do is have something, you know, like a picture of them or something. And, uh, you know, L, Ella can find them. So what do you think? It, you know, I, I was a little bit like, whoa, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that because do you, do you really care about her? Are you just wanting to use her for your own, you know, benefit? Like, is she, like, she, you know, she's kind of using the, the band of misfits, you know, in, in her, because she can't, I mean, I, I don't know if she could really do it alone, but obviously it's easier with help. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about her whole mission about Let's- seeking these people out? I mean, that's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that kind of came from that. And this actually is my, my number two was kind of hunt the bad man. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, as they're looking at the pictures, she asked 11, it's like, well, do you recognize anybody up there? Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for her to be like, no, I don't like nobody looks familiar. And like, oh, okay, well, look at this person. They did such and such. And uh, the other part that I kind of caught was when she comes down and well, actually, I think when 11 first shows up. Axel gets freaked out is talking about like somebody coming to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to come to kill me or kill us or, you know, like they're going to come kill us. So I, you know, like there's a lot of story here that isn't being told. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to find that out in two episodes. No. So, you know, like that's, you know, Oh, you just have to wonder, it's like, okay, well what happened to one through seven? What happened from nine, 10, you know, yes. what happened from 11 and above? Like, is there more of these people out there? What does I mean? Because eleven was really young when she was in the facility, mm-hmm. and eight was a little bit older, so she you know probably knew a lot more of what was going on. Yeah, and she doesn't really give eleven any of that information. And I think going back to your original question, I think she knows that L can help her, and it, I can't really answer what I think or what she's actually doing because I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, but with the end of this episode, with her letting eleven leave. And looking pretty upset about it, not upset like pissed, mm-hmm. but just more like, you know, I'm losing her again. Um, I feel like she is on eight is on a mission that she thinks is actually valid and worthy and truthful and was bringing 11 along to get revenge. So it's like, you know, we were both wronged in this situation. You get on this with us and we'll take back or we'll basically get revenge against those who hurt us. It's interesting and food for thought. Do you think she... Like, do you think Kali will continue to do what she's sought out to do without Eleven there? Yeah, I think so. I think their mission is still going to be that. I think they're going to lay low, mm-hmm. probably leave Chicago because they're, you know, they're pretty hot right now with, you know, they basically found them. They know their van. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to find a spot to lay really, really low for a bit and try to get that to kind of, you know, gloss or pass over and then go back to their mission. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that was that was my number three. We had I was just tying into to your number four because that kind of went into my number three. So, do you have anything else you want to say about Holly, her powers, the band, the misfits at this time? No, I mean they just had some awesome hair, like that mohawk, Man. and uh, big friendly. He had that like long, like 
bit of hair that was just like in the back of his head. Uh, yeah, they had man the amount of Aquanet and <laughs> um, like what what did they use for the? I don't know that people um, younger folks from today understand the work that went into those mohawks. Oh um, man, yeah, and those are like rock too. Well, I, I know that you can use like egg whites. Uh, yeah. Raw egg whites. And yeah, I've seen that. And then, of course, the color. And of course, you could spill the Aquanet. Yeah, that stuff wasn't moving, man. It was like glue. <laughs> like glue. Uh, I didn't have one, by the way, folks, if anyone's wondering. There are no pictures of me existing with a mohawk, so forget <laughs> it. Don't go Googling. You ain't going to find it. All evidence has been destroyed. <laughs> All pictures of me in the 80s have been destroyed. <laughs> Um, what is your number three? So my number three, uh, we finally figure out what the area that Eleven goes to find people is called, and she calls it the Dream Circle. Yeah. So it's one of those things that we tried to figure out uh, previous episodes, like, well, what is this thing? And I thought it was just like a form of the Upside Down, mm-hmm, but she comes too. back. She comes back to just call it. It is the Dream Circle, which makes sense. You know, it's kind of this watery area. You're kind of in a half dream. Um, and it does seem kind of like it's in a circular, like, vacuum almost. Yeah. So that made a lot of sense. Uh, the only thing I'm curious about on that is that I'm not sure if 8, if, uh, what's her name again? I, I keep wanting to call Collie. her Chloe. Collie. Collie doesn't seem to, uh, um, I don't know if she's been in the, the dream circle. Like, I don't know if that's her power or not. So, because whenever uh, Eleven brings it up, she doesn't really react in a way. I think if she's like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. She didn't know really what that was, so I'm guessing that's maybe specific to just 11. Or that we know of, anyway. We don't know, you know, the other, the 1 through 7 and the 9 through 10, um, since we only know 8 and 11, but, but yeah. I'm glad we got a name for that. Uh, that was bugging me for a long time. Yeah. It shouldn't. It, was, it, seemed, it seemed like nonsense to be worried about such a detail. <laughs> but I like details. Well, and the, I thing like with, the thing with this, too, is in this episode, it seems like Elle was getting a lot more stronger with it. Because mm-hmm. it seems like before, you know, she had to be submerged in water or, you know, she had to be very, like, isolated. But with this, it seemed like she, I don't know, there was like a radio and she was able to use that radio to get around and see things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she needs some kind of static because she turned the TV to like a static channel. Yeah, but it seems like she doesn't need as much anymore. It just seems like a little bit and she can get into this, you know, dream circle Mm -hmm. and see what she wants. Because when she saw Hopper and uh, Mike later in the episode, she just had a shirt. Like she didn't even like have a bandana or anything on and she was in the dream circle seeing all that stuff. Right. Yeah, she's definitely, maybe it's with her age. Maybe she's growing. She's growing stronger. Growing stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just that she's using it more and learning how to use it more. She's learning to tap into it more. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's You can tell she's using less and less. I mean, for goodness sake, they had her in a friggin' isolation tank in the facility, you know, where she was um, – you know, had like the, uh, I know it's not a scuba, I don't know, one of those deep underwater helmet things on um, and, and completely isolated in that water tank uh, to now where she can just close her eyes and hold a personal item or something or something that reminds her of that person and, and, and enter that space. So something's happening. She's either, it's either growing as she, uh, as she matures in her age or uh, she's just learning to tap into it a lot more um, and, and harness 
that that energy and that power. Very interesting. Yeah, my number three is just we finally got a name for that place, and it is the Dream Circle. I like oh, it. Which, that'd be a good album title. That is, yeah. Oh, you better you better go grab that. I have to grab that one too. Dang it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go do it before this is released. <laughs> Well, I think that's really good because that ties into my number two, which is Eleven's Journey. Uh, I So much, so much in this episode. So I really liked when Kali took her out to that train yard and how she was like pushing her and teaching her how to like channel those powers to move that train car. She was picturing her relationship with Hopper. And their arguments and their fighting, you know, that last fight that they had and how she like blew out the windows, uh, what they did to her mother and how angry she was about that and how she was separated from her mother. You know, she didn't get to know her mother uh, because they, they interfered with that. All of the things that happened to her at the facility, all those horrible things and how they controlled her and made her do all these experiments. Um, and and Callie, or Callie the whole time is, you know, just standing there at her side and like, coaching her to channel her powers. Did you get like an X-Men vibe from that? Yeah, very much. And I didn't, I mean, we just made kind of a Star Wars reference. It didn't seem Mm -hmm. as like, you know, the evil emperor style of like, you know, trying to push Anakin over the edge. It was more of, like you said, X-Men, like harness your power, use your power. It's, it's what makes you, you. Mm -hmm. Like how to tap into, into it and, and not realize and 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 it is right a little bit of like you made a good point with like the Star Wars reference. It was like when Yoda was you know t- I hope this is like a spoiler for people. People, if you haven't seen Star Wars, I'm um, just freaking go watch it already. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, so when when they're on on uh, oh shit, what was the name of the damn planet? Because and I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember. I can't remember uh, the swamp. The swamp. Yeah, planet the swamp where, planet. Yeah, Yoda's planet. I'm drawing a blank. It, it's wine, people. Um, <laughs> and he's he's trying to get him to harness his power to lift his ship, the TIE fighter, out of the swamp. And he's like, oh, it's too heavy. And he's like, it doesn't matter. that It's like, it, you know, it just doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with it. And that's like the same thing that Kali was telling Eleven. It's like, it's you know, don't think about the weight of it. You know, you need to. And she's teaching her how to harness that. I just... I found that really interesting. I did get a little bit of an X Men vibe, you know, when they're when they're coaching them through how to tap tap into those powers, and and yeah, I guess a little bit of a Star Wars thing in there too, with Yoda, you know, talking to Luke about how to harness the Force, and you know, stop thinking about it so damn much, you know. Um, and it was cool, like after she finished moving it to like the misfits were all like there clapping, excited for. Yeah. Like this is the first time she's probably been celebrated using her power. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy, the kids, you know, Mike and Will and all them, kind of did a little bit, but not to the extent of like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Uh, she probably felt like less of a freak with them at that point, more of like a, you know, like she's done something awesome. That, well, and that was going to be my, one of my questions to you that goes with my number two is, do you think she fit in more with this group of misfits than what she did at Hawkins, or at least at this moment, anyway, felt like she fit in more because they're all outcasts yeah. and misfits and. But you know what? All the the boys, I would consider them outcast and mif- misfits too in their own right. They are. They um, definitely are. They were always considered the nerds, I guess. You know, the weirdos or freaks. You know. Yeah, it's one. I think she. Uh, to me, I think she has like too good of a heart, and you see it in this episode. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when uh um, oh, when she was going to kill Ray, 
when uh, Chloe was going to kill Ray, mm-hmm. um, you know, she stopped her from doing it. So I, I think Eleven has that like real good in her that she probably fits in more with the, the, the kids. And it could be that we've just seen them with them more, too. That's probably why I'm a little bit more lenient towards that. Right. Yeah. That well, that that's my number two is just Eleven's journey that we see uh, all the things that she's going through and this learning experience for her. And I think we'll kind of go into that a little bit more in my number one. So I'm going to let you. If you don't have anything else to say about that, um, what's your number number two? All right, my number two uh, is basically the hunt for the bad men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've already kind of touched on it, but I really felt like this was a comic book character that has these powers and somebody finds that and then tries to use that for bad you know i think they did that with uh i think there's been spider-man characters um like punisher i think somebody Mm -hmm. pushed him to go hunt spider-man because Heath was told that spider-man was bad but spider-man wasn't you know things like that um i really we talked about it too like i really got an x-men vibe a spider-man vibe out of this um the other thing i really got with this group i don't know if you've ever had this situation um, but like when I was in college, there's a few times where I found myself like, I don't even know how I got in these places, but like there'd be older, you know, <laughs> students. blackout drunk, Sean. <laughs> yeah. I wake up and I'm like, why am I in this room and where are my pants? <laughs> no, but like you just end up, you know, you, you talk to a person like, hey, we're going up here and you just kind of like, you're not really invited, but you kind of tag along. Like you're not not invited. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting around with like a group of people you don't know. And you're kind of like a part of the group, <clears throat> even though you're really not. Yeah. And that's the kind of feel I got with Eleven here is like, she's like here with these people. Like they've kind of accepted her. It's like, hey, you're not really part of our group, but like you're welcome to hang out with us. And I really got that feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then that's good. The, the other question with the bad men I have is like, what does her friends get out of this? You know, we kind of touched on it a little mm-hmm. bit earlier too is, you know, all these characters have had like a, some kind of event that drew them to uh, Kali it's like, well, what are they getting out of this? I mean, it looks like they're stealing some money and, you know, maybe they just like crime, but they don't seem super violent. Not right. Not like as we get to know them a little bit more. Right. So that's kind of seem like psychopaths. I mean, I know that they're killing people. That's probably people are probably what they're killing people. I get that. That's not right. But they don't. They don't seem. As bad, but yet they are bad because they're killing people. Yeah, but, I mean, because. Because they the didn't purpose... kill the kids, though, at Ray's. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, they show up there like, hey, mission, you know, we got a mission abort because there's kids here. So, I mean, it seemed like they have at least some conscious. Um, and then all this ties into what we get, you know, we, X-Men we talked about again, too. What do we get in this episode? We get Dark L. You know, like the Dark Phoenix, we yes. get Dark L. Bitchin'. Yeah. <laughs> Slick back the hair, throw in some makeup, and yeah, just like you said, bitchin'. It was quite a, quite a transformation. She looked like uh, the small town flannel wearing hick from like I know and love in my <laughs> where I'm from to uh, you know wearing wearing uh, you know having the slick back hair and the makeup and the the punk clothes because they they all have like this punk like edge to them. Um, so that was super cool. And that I've got that as a note, but like, was that a thing really strong in the eighties, like city versus country? Like when she showed up, like they hit her pretty hard about you know old McDonald and go back to milk your cow. You know, was this just a time where that was? Because I don't really think that's the case now. I don't think it is now because I feel like 
fashion's kind of all over the place. Not that Elle was super fashionable when she showed up wearing what she was, but I think that it's less um, thought of, I guess, or less brought to attention like it was. And to answer your question, yes, it was. Because I know, like, from where I grew up, if I, you know, in my small, small area, and you go to a, a bigger city, people recognized you right away and knew exactly that you were not from the city that you're visiting or whatever they they could point you out pretty quick mm. and i think there was i think a bigger bigger distinction and i'm not going to say that for everyone that i'm talking my own experience i'm sure other people have had different experiences i'd love to hear about them but i think it was um more in the 80s and i think um more in the 90s too a little bit how it was a lot different people could definitely you know point out and know oh, yep they're not from here yeah, I, I guess the internet, <laughs> the internet's kind of, you know, made the world a lot smaller, too. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, this is what Chicago looks like, or oh, this is what, you know, Hawkins, Indiana looks like. Well, and hey, online shopping. Yeah, you can yeah, You point. can get the, you can buy the same stuff in the big cities. You know, it used to, you had to, like, go to a brick-and-mortar store, you know. And, I mean, I guess there were some, you know, catalog shopping Anybody even remember cattle? Oh, I do. Yeah, I used to get uh, like the sports magazine. You could buy sports uh, equipment on. Okay. I remember that. Oh, God. I got to stop opening my damn mouth. <laughs> Just... As long as you're like, do you remember when they used to deliver milk every morning? I never had milk delivered to my home, so I'm not that old, people. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do remember the catalog shopping, but... um. I'm not. I don't think what you got out of catalog shopping was equivalent to going to like a big city, um, either mall or big city department store that you wouldn't have available in a smaller town area. Um, so you were kind of, uh, you know, localized to what you had in your area. So I think that's probably what made it so different. Now you can shop at the same kind of places that even if you live in a small town, you can have the same kind of fashion that that everyone wears because of online shopping and there's such a mix now i feel like you said the internet's made the world a little bit smaller so i think that might have a little something to do with it yeah i just have to look to see what kardashian's wearing and then i know what i have to go buy absolutely <laughs> absolutely um, you were just talking about like whenever you're in a big city like people like kind of picking you out um mm -hmm. so i've given you some good advice throughout this podcast you know left is death yes. and a couple other things um the advice i have is to the the way people pick uh, people out in big cities is they can tell by you know if you're a visitor or not or uh, what do you, oh shit what do you call that uh, what do you call like somebody that's visiting a city a tourist a tourist thank you like mm -hmm. total brain fart you're um, allowed <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the the seminator uh, spiced whiskey that's what it is mm -hmm. for me. Um, anyway, so the way they can tell that you're a tourist is a tourist being in a big city for one of the first times or very rarely will be looking up at mm -hmm. the big tall buildings. Yes. If you're in the the city a lot, you're not going to be looking up that much. So that's one way to kind of show like who's a tourist and who's not. Yes, that's very intuitive. And that is truth. But yeah, just to tidy up my number two, it is uh, number two is just hunt the bad man. Very good. I like it. All very good thoughts. Very good discussion. See who said this episode wasn't good. I thought it was lots of interesting things to talk about. So <clears throat> it's going to lead me into my number one, which is kind of short, but is a, like I thought a really great line. My number one was at the end when Elle looks at Collie and says, 
but I can save them. Ah, oh, yes. Isn't that great? Oh, I, and I love Kali kind of putting it. I was like, well, they can't save you. Like, basically mm-hmm. kind of saying, like, this group can save you. And she's like, well, no. But I, I think it's a total, like like you said, X-Men, Superman-type moment. Like, you know, as the world's yes. about to crash around, it's like, well, they don't care about you. It's like, no, but I care about them. Exactly. Oh, it was like a total Wonder Woman moment. Yeah. Do you remember Wonder Woman? You can't when- go there. That's the no man's land. Yes. And, and like how... You know, they talk about how, you know, humankind doesn't deserve to be saved. And, you know, that's her whole argument is that they do um, and that she can save them. And that that's I oh, I need to go watch that movie again. Wonder oh, Woman Wonder was Woman. awesome. Yeah. God, what a badass. Um, it's like people are telling us like, you know, the DC can't live. And she's like, I believe in the DC universe. Oh, and then after Justice League, she's like, hmm. Maybe not. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I saw Thor this weekend. Oh, Ragnarok's awesome. Oh my god. Uh, Justice go League isn't. Yet. I mean, Justice League isn't great. I mean, Marvel just really sticks it to DC. Yeah. And I really like Batman and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it, it's worth going to see. But yeah, it's not. You know, well, you see Ragnarok and those things. You're like, oh my god. And then you see Justice League. You're like, yeah, it's a movie. I know. Maybe I should have saw Justice League first and then went to go see Thor. Um, because you know, just because I know I'm keeping my expectations low, so it's okay. But I'm gonna go see it because I, you know, I I love them all. I never had this whole DC Marvel war thing. I loved them all. A comic book was a comic book to me whenever I was growing up. I loved them all, and I'm huge Superman, Batman fans, and obviously Wonder Woman. Love them all. So I'm definitely gonna go see um, Justice League no matter what because I, I I did watch Batman versus Superman just because Wonder Woman was in it. So. I can get through Justice League if, if it's – I heard it wasn't horrible. It'll be fine. But I did yeah. see Thor this weekend. So um, I get my superhero fix. I'll go see Justice League after I go see Star Wars this week. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Did you get your ticket? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go see it Thursday when it comes out. So Me this too. comes out Friday. So I've already seen it. And, you know, future Sean's already seen it. Yes. Uh, future with the guys. <laughs> uh, I'm going on Tuesday, the following Tuesday. And then I'll probably go Wednesday as well. So I'm probably going to see it three times. I'm going to see it three times as well. Nice. Yes, because my kid Nerd. will be. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can you even call yourself a Star Wars fan if you haven't seen it at least five times in the theater? <laughs> I think that's I think the you case, get kind of yeah. kicked out of the club. <laughs> so I will definitely have seen it three times within a week because my kid will be coming home for Christmas and um, she's wanting to see it too. But I'm like, well, I love you, baby. Mommy's going to go watch it without you um, at least twice before you get home. So anyway, sorry, folks. That was we're, we're in the movie mode and there's lots of good movies coming out right now. I apologize for the uh, derail off of our number one here, or at least my number one was the great line. But I can save them because it was so like you said, so superhero got us in superhero conversations because it's pretty hot right now. Um, but you know, and it did make me sad. You made a really good point that Kali did seem really upset that that Elle was leaving. You know, she seemed to be really upset, not like I'm losing my weapon or a, a way to help me um, complete my mission, but I'm losing my family or my sister. So I did get that from her. But she's like, your mother. You know, when she says your mother sent you to me uh, because I'm your or this is your home, I'm your family. But I got to thinking, if her, I don't think her mother sent her to Kali because that was her home. I think she was sending her there as a lesson for Mm. Eleven to grow. Because, you know, we've mentioned it before, 
or at least, and I know I've mentioned it in, in previous podcasts, um, the, the rage and the violence Eleven was, was, was showing and expressing. I mean, she was throwing crap at Hopper in their arguments. Yeah. Um, well, throwing when plates. She, when she was pulling the bus over, like, she's like, think of something that makes you angry. And she saw mm-hmm. uh, Max skating around, uh, around Mike. Mm-hmm. And a total jealousy type situation. And so, yeah, she, she flipped the, the skate, or not flipped it, but like, Pulled it out from underneath Max and made Max fall. Yeah, that's um, a good point. That's that's showing you know aggression towards people, and we've seen her with the couch. She hit that. She moved the couch and it slammed into Hopper's leg. We've seen her bust the windows. That I mean, any of these things could really hurt a person, and it seemed like she was growing out of control. And I think that she was sent there to Collie because I don't think Collie. I, I'm not in with her. Um, mission of of going out and killing these people i i i i i know that she wants revenge against it but i think that i think that 11 needed to see that that's not where she needed to go that she that she could reach that point and 11 saw that that wasn't right because she wasn't able to kill ray there were kids there and innocent kids at that um and i think that she got a taste of something of what she could become and she needed to refocus on what she really needed to be doing and that was being with her friends I think that her mom, whenever Eleven and her mother connected in that dream circle, I think her mother saw inside of her that rage and that anger. Mm. And I think that she somehow put it in her head to go find Kali because she, maybe she knew, I don't know if she, if I don't know what, I don't know what kind of powers or whatever her mother has. She obviously has something inside of her that she's able to connect and speak like she made all the lights light up and. She was able to enter the dream circle as well, it seems, and communicate with, with Eleven at some level. Um, I think she saw a little bit of that and, and, and wanted to, to teach Eleven, and that was like a, a growth moment, I think, for Eleven. So I don't know. I like that. That's a really thoughts? good analysis on that, yeah. Kind of make it like if she's going to go full dark side, make sure it's not around Hawkins where she can hurt these people. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was going to go – If she kept, I think if she kept going, if she – and that's why I'm wondering if people – and this is what comes of watching things a second time because I really didn't get that until the second time. And I had those thoughts is that right there at the end, it came to me that when Kali's like, you know, your mother sent you to me for this because this is your home and I'm your family. And it's like, and I was like, no, I don't think she did send her to you. I think it was a lesson. I think, I think she needed to see how far you went and how your rage has channeled you into your mission of killing people, which is wrong. And that that's what 11 is going to grow into. Like if she wasn't, if she didn't get this reality check, if she's left alone in Hawkins with just all this rage and this anger directed at people who are making her angry, what's going to happen to her and the rest of the people at Hawkins if she's like not able to control what's in her and and rechannel that and focus it where it needs to be focused and, and helping yes. her friends. Especially if she's on like the upside down, which would probably just be like a power keg, just increase that power so much that, you know, it's almost like a nuke in Hawkins at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was my whole thing was was there at the end, and then of course we see you know she's on the bus back home. She was there on the bus on the way to town, and then she's on the bus back into town, and we get to see the sign that I know and love, the "Welcome to Indiana" sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm originally from Illinois, so when she hit the Illinois sign, I kind of got that little nostalgia feeling. Yeah. Yep. So that's my number one. So you have anything right. else you want to say about that, or do you want to move on to your number one? My number one kind of ties into that a little bit, pretty much the same kind of things we just mentioned, but mine was real specific to the home. Mm-hmm. She had three different types of homes in this situation. She had hops, she had mamas, 
and she had Chicago. And, you know, this whole episode, I think this is where, like you said, I didn't really think about it in the aspect of her mom trying to show her where she should, where her true home is. But, mm-hmm. you know, Hopper said this is her home. And then Collie said, you know, this will be your home. And through all these events that happened, she kind of found herself because she's at that age where she's, you know, probably trying to figure out herself just as a normal kid, mm-hmm. not just a kid with powers. And from this, she discovers, like, my home is in Hawkins with my friends and Hopper. And so now she's heading back there to, you know, help her friends. And like I said, I was going to add that last line in there as well, which was just so powerful Mm -hmm. that she knows she can save them. And that's what she's going to do. Yeah. And I think now that she's, I think that she benefited in lots of ways from her little side trip. Um, It seems like she got some good lessons from Kali about how to harness and, and, you know, harness what is inside of her. And I think that's going to, because she's going to need it. Uh, You know, there's some bad crap in case anybody forgot from previous episodes (laughs) happening in Hawkins. You know, there's some not great things happening. Um, And I know as soon as we're done um, recording here, I'm going right into (laughs) watching episode eight. I've got to see what happens next. But um, clearly there are some really bad things and and Eleven, I think, is going to be the one to have to help them clean that up. Uh, in some capacity and help fight whatever the hell's crawling out of that hole. Um, and I think that, I think that she did get something out of there. I think that she needed to, I think she needed the reality check that I can't let what's growing this, this anger and this rage that she has over being away from her friends and, you know, what, you know, everything that she was experiencing before in previous episodes, that she can't let it lead her down that same path as, as it led to, or how it led for Kali and, and, you know, destroying these people. I don't think that that's, you know, I would love to see Kali circle back around somehow and help Eleven with this whole thing, with whatever happens next. I don't know that we'll see her anymore in the next two episodes. I have no clue. And maybe we won't, but I would love to have her circle back around. I find her a very interesting character, and, you know, I hope we get to see more of her. But I think Eleven needed um, needed this episode for the next two episodes. I feel like it's there's some reason that we had this episode I'm I'm anxious to see how that plays out in the next two. Yeah, I think it's really going to push these last two episodes really well. And like I said, I hope we get back with the Misfits and and colleagues. <laughs> I think there's a lot of storyline there I'd want to see. Yeah, me too. And and any others out there too? Maybe I don't know if that's. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, good point. Going. But are there any other drifters you know out there? But my number one just kind of ties into to home for uh, Eleven, and I think she's finally discovered where her true home is. Mm-hmm. Her friends, home and her friends. But she told that old lady on the bus. Yeah, Very I had good. some questions about that old lady when she sat. I was like, oh, shit, is this going to be like, you know, she's like, oh, are you ready to go see Papa? I'm like, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> well, they do have people everywhere. You saw how they had all those people uh, in true. the park after Jonathan and Nancy. <laughs> I mean, that was like everyone in that damn park was <laughs> was a plant. Um, so awesome, good, good, good top five. Did you have any notes? Uh, I don't really have any notes that we didn't really touch on. Um, I mean, the only thing I kind of have that we we glossed over a little bit was with Ray and how when they found the kids and when Eleven saw the pictures of the kids, she stopped. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, th- I again going back to our superhero kind of uh, theme for this episode. You know, it's very much like great power comes great responsibility. You know, at that point, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to kill this guy who is a father of two. Mm -hmm. You know, two girls just like, you know, me and my lost sister. 
And here I am about to kill this guy for, you know, essentially just following orders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's really the only kind of thing I had on Ray. That's good notes because it's like they were getting ready to do the same thing to those little girls that were done to them. So do you have any notes? No. Did you have any notes? No. I mean, we talked pretty much everything that I needed to talk out that we covered already in our discussion. The only notes that I had that I really stood out to me this episode, and it does to me every episode, but it's a huge part of my life and always means a lot to me. And this show is just does it so well was the music. Got some Bon yes. Jovi, man. Got Bon Jovi. Got They played Runaway. As Elle was running away. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what other song are you going to play at that moment but, but some Bon Jovi? And then we got some Runaways whenever um, that was during the supermarket sweep. And while they were getting um, Elle into changing her from Country Bumpkin Elle into Bitchin' Elle, um, <laughs> that was the Runaways. And I was a Runaways fan, too, as well. So um, good music all throughout. But those two stood out. Th- those were my main notes that I just thought were worth mentioning because I love love the show and how they use music um you know bring back the nostalgia and just in appropriate ways you know um in different scenes and i think it just enhances the experience for you at least it does for me so those were my only notes good notes good episode i mean i was you know very much kind of like a one shot for l episode but i really enjoyed it i mean i I, I was at first, I remember watching it going, what? And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And But as I watched it, you know, I, I feel like I got a lot out of it because I did find, you know, Kali was a really interesting character and I liked what was happening, um, you know, which we talked all through our top five. And then I watched it the second time and I think I had a, a greater appreciation for it the second time around. I don't know if anyone else had those thoughts because I know many people out there are binging it and then watching it again. So I'm curious if, if you know what other people thought. I guess we'll find that out in our feedback, what they thought. So we don't have anything else. We can move on to our news. Yeah, let's listen. Let's hear some news. Okay. Why don't you take the first one? All right. So our first one comes from Vanity Fair. So the nominations for the 2018 Golden Global Awards were announced at the Beverly Hilton Hotel on Monday morning. Stranger Things was nominated for Best Television Series, Drama, and David Harbour was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, television series so congratulations on the nominations so yeah they're gonna get some awards hopefully yeah that was super super great news for the whole cast for the whole show being nominated and then of course david harbour and seriously what a slight that would have been had he not been nominated (laughs) he is just so fantastic so yeah congratulations to the show and to david harbour um Fantastic. So next article is from denofgeek.com. So we might have to wait a little longer for Stranger Things season three. (gasps) The first season hit in July of 2016. The second season arrived in October 2017. Sorry, folks. Wine. We may have a similar gap this time. So don't expect October 2018. So David Harbour tells Variety, he says, I mean, one of the things that's annoying for fans is that it takes us a long time to do them. Like, you probably won't get season three until sometime in 2019. But also part of the thing is, like any good thing, they need time. And those guys work so hard. I mean, they just sit in their apartment and write for 12, 14 hours a day. 
So considering that there was a 15-month gap between the first two seasons, we may be looking at February 2019 for Stranger Things Season 3. So we'll update this when we know for sure. So this is just speculation. This is just, you know, David Harbour kind of throwing that out there. We don't know anything for sure. So um, y'all just keep watching the news. If we hear of anything, we'll definitely put it out there as we hear it. But um, gosh, we might, or we'll just have to have another rewatch in between that time. <laughs> he spoils it, yes. They're probably, because they're like, you know what? We understand you need to talk, so we're just going to feed you false information so he can talk and he doesn't have to feel like he's clamming up or not saying anything. So <laughs> that's that's hilarious. <clears throat> oh, love that man. So what is this next next thing that you got here, Sean? So this is from Variety, and this is about the Black Mirror announcement that just dropped. So the series, which won 2017 Emmy Awards for television movie and television movie writing for the season three installment, San Junipero, returns with six new episodes. Since they are standalone stories, they can be watched in any order, although the episode Black Museum is sprinkled with details that mean more if you've already seen the other stories. So earlier this year, creators Charlie Booker and Annabelle Jones told Variety the fourth season of the anthology format would embrace even more genres, but that the theme of how changing technology influences and affects human behavior would still be at the core. And Rima, you know, yeah, we're trying to figure out what else we can do with our podcast, and I watched, I finished the first season of this, so we have decided that we will cover this little show called Black Mirror that releases on December 29th, and we'll be covering season four. So I'm not sure if we'll drop this um, the Monday after it comes out, or we'll just keep our our, form, our format for Fridays. Um, but, you know, when it drops, I'm definitely going to watch it, because it was one of those things that I've heard about it, just like just like Stranger Things. I just haven't had the time. And really, Rima, this podcast is just a way to force me to watch these Netflix shows. <laughs> well, then we need to start doing them on all those <laughs> lists of movies that we have for you because myself and a few other listeners have, have started to compile a list of movies that you have to watch. We're, we're giving you homework. <laughs> well, and the thing, too, if we're going to have to wait till 2019 for uh, uh, Stranger Things Season 3, then we might have to put those in there. I think so. We're going to have to throw some um, – we'll, we'll – We'll pull all of like the '80s nostalgia references uh, from we uh, Stranger Things, uh, and and we'll start that mission, and we'll just podcast on them because who doesn't want to keep listening to us talk about these things? Yeah, right? exactly. But I'm but, super excited about Black Mirror. Um, I am too. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you haven't watched it yet, um, I know I put it out there uh, a week or so ago, asking who who who's seen it, who's a fan, and we had some pretty good response. So that makes me really excited. It's a if you haven't, I really highly encourage you. Um, all the seasons one through three are on Netflix right now. They're really short um, um, seasons. Uh, most of them are only like four or five episodes a season. Uh, there's some really great ones. There's some big names um, as far as uh, directors and and some actors, and you'll recognize a lot of faces when you watch them. They're standalone. All of them, so you don't have to watch them in order. You can go and just pick and choose the ones that you want to watch. Um, there's some really great ones, so I'm super excited for for the season four. Not just to watch it as a fan, but also to cover it with you, Sean, because you can help me. Um, you know, when we talk about it, help me understand. <laughs> so yeah, and it's happens. one of those things that 
So I've I've only watched the first four episodes. So I've seen all season one and the first episode of season two because I think it's three <clears> episodes <throat> in season one, four and two, five and three. So and like you said, you can watch them in any order. You don't have to watch any of the previous ones to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one's like forty five minutes of just like very thought provoking things. And I'm I'm excited to see like what you know everybody who listens to the show thinks about it. And I'm excited to see kind of what your thoughts are. And I'll probably go on like a ton of weird tangents. So okay. be prepared for that. I would be disappointed if you did not go off on a weird tangent. I'd I'd want I think something was wrong. So I look I really look forward to covering that with you. I, I really hope you guys will stick with us and uh join us um in our little adventure with with Black Mirror and, and see where that takes us because I really want to I want to get some thoughts and feedback from you guys because I think that there's so many perspectives that you can get uh, and viewpoints from this show if you've either seen it or if you go and you watch it for the first time I think hearing so many um, different people's perspectives would be really interesting so I hope you guys will join us on this journey Um, Sean and I are really excited about it so we hope to see you there with us and that will be after um, we still have two more episodes of Stranger Things Um, Black Mirror drops December 29th we will let you guys know when we are planning on releasing those, if we'll be keeping up with the same schedule and how that will happen. So stay tuned. Anything else you want to say about that, Sean? No, I'm just super excited for it. Yes, I'm ready. Me too. Okay. So now we will move on to letters from the upside down. And this is like my favorite part of the show is I get to hear what you guys think. So first off we have Jillian Moreau. She says, truthfully, this episode kind of took me out of the awesomeness of the season. I enjoyed that we had an 11 episode, but I was not at all interested in that gang of misfits. I didn't love the story, and I don't know that we needed to spend a whole episode on what we learned. It's great that she found her sister, but ultimately, I really don't think it benefited the story. I could kind of, I could probably see you combining uh, this episode and the previous one. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably make it worked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So this is from Danielle Flugman Simeono. Simino? We'll go with that. I like it. Sorry, I'm terrible <laughs> with names. I am too. Uh, <laughs> so Eleven needed to go away and see what her life could be if she ran off. She grew a lot in this episode and realized that she needed to be to help Hawkins. She opened the gate. She was to try to fix that. Uh, yep, she did open it, so she needs mm. to be the one to close it, right? That's right. Yeah. Andrew Newton says, I think it's safe to say this is the most controversial episode of the series so far. It has a very different tone compared to everything else, and it being a standalone in the middle of a cliffhanger is also bound to alienate some viewers. Personally, the appeal of the show has always been about the characters and their quaint small-town setting. They face impossible things, but in a relatively contained and grounded environment. Superhero style has never been my thing, and at times this episode gives off shades of something more akin to X-Men. It's entertaining to me on its own, and it serves a purpose in getting Elle finally back on the path to Hawkins. But I'm hoping as the show moves forward, they limit the more disparate elements of the Lost Sister from taking over. I do find it interesting to consider playing with the order in which you view this episode. Without getting into detail, it could have a different effect if seen later in the season, and you could also conceivably watch immediately after 5. It will slightly anticipate Mike's realization about the spy, but we wouldn't understand the context of that yet. That's hmm. interesting. Kind of put, is, where to put that. Yeah, that is interesting. Hmm. Cool. Thank you. 
Vince Yans, uh, I binged the season. I honestly had no problem with this episode. Well, the guy with the mohawk kind of sucked, <laughs> but I was surprised when I started hearing all the hate this episode got. Else, but I can save them was epic. Force choking Otis was awesome too. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, force choke. That's good. This is for Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's getting vengeance for Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Another Star Wars reference. There's a lot of them in here. Awesome. Pake Allen says, "Hey, Pake. Um, he didn't say that. I did. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. There's a lot of hate on this episode, but I actually really liked it." Yeah, it kind of breaks the flow, but in a show meant to binge, it's a nice break. Plus, we wouldn't get bitchin' 11 without it. <laughs> it's a good taste of what this show could evolve into in some ways, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks, Pink. Steve Brown says, Don't like the Duffers leaving us with a cliffhanger to go to this episode. Originally, I thought I had skipped an episode when this one started. Love that 11 got to hear Hopper's message. Nice to know that 11 is not a cold-blooded murderer. Eleven's I Can Save Them brought a tear to my eye. How difficult was it to not just to go to the next episode? Uh, notes, I wanted to like this episode upon rewatch, rewatch, and I did. Is Brenner alive or not? I, I'm going to say he's alive. I think he's alive. Well, it would certainly make it a lot in, more interesting, huh? <clears throat> okay, Stephanie M. Fernandez says, This was definitely a polarizing episode, and I admire the Duffer Brothers' attempt to disrupt the story by doing something different. However, as much as I love Eleven, her presence alone just couldn't make this episode completely satisfying. And while I agree that Elle was able to grow in ways that probably wouldn't have been possible in Hawkins, there was just too much that didn't work. Two good parts of the episode were the visions in the void that Elle has of Hawkins while she's in Chicago. These were the only moments that really connected Elle and this entire episode back to Hawkins, so they were super important. And of course, the vision of Hopper and Mike at the lab prompts Elle to decide she has to go back. Polly tries to manipulate manipulate Elle one more time by saying her friends can't save her. And Elle agrees with Polly, but responds that she can save them. It's a nice sentiment, and it might be somewhat true at this moment, but I think Mike, Hopper, and the others will ultimately end up playing a big part in saving Eleven as well. Claire, Joanna, so, oh man, do I have some thoughts about the Lost Sister. I'll sp- spare you the novel. <laughs> Suffice to say, I was very disappointed in the episode. I thought it was so much wonderful potential, but it was all just absolutely wasted on on a poorly executed, ill-advised bottle episode. I was so excited to see more of Kali and her gang after the teaser from the season opener, but then when Eleven gets to her, it ends up being a crummy version of the Anakin-Palpatine relationship. There has got to be so many other, more interesting ways to explore Eleven and Kali's relationship, but we didn't get to see those. It also baffled to me that the Duffers would think it was a good idea to insert this episode, which feels like a pilot for an entirely different show, when they should have been focusing on the climactic events coming to a head at Hawkins' lab. There were a couple good moments, Eleven's iconic bitchin' look, chief among them, but mostly it was a poorly written episode with new characters that were underdeveloped and derivative at best, and downright annoying at worst. Well, look like I wrote you a little novel anyway. Believe me, I could go on, but I guess I'll leave it there. The good news is that episode 8 and 9 are more than good enough to make up for the stud. (laughs) Oh, we've got mixed things all over the place. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, if this really feels like if it was a week-to-week and this was the only episode you had for the week, I would have felt a little uh, underwhelmed. Yeah, I I totally understand where people are coming from. So I'm not, I'm certainly not dogging anyone. I just I know everyone's got their different perspectives and I definitely respect 
um, the dissenting opinions for sure. I mean, I'm not saying it's the greatest episode or anything like that, but I thought it was good. I think it had its purpose. I'm able to see the purpose. And I think that once we watch episodes eight and nine, we'll see why this episode happened. Because I, I think the Duffer brothers have showed us how strong they are from the first season and what I've seen so far in season two, such strong writing and with their storytelling that I, I have to have faith that this served a purpose that maybe it wasn't the greatest, but there was something that we're going to take out of here that had to happen in order for the rest of the season to get where we need to be. And, and I can, happen. I'm usually pretty lenient when there's like one episode like this, but when you get mm-hmm. to things like, like shows that shouldn't be, you know, 16 episodes long for a season, <laughs> you usually get four or five of those. And it's just like, Oh, okay. I wasted another Sunday watching this. Hmm. Could you be talking about anything <laughs> in particular? <laughs> No comment. (laughs) We're just going to leave that there. So this next comment came from Twitter. So this is from at in the ghost white. Um, They say, I really liked this arc idea for Elle. It's definitely necessary for her character to heal, experience personal growth and carry on life as a badass. Um, but I feel it really detracted from Will's storyline and did her a disservice. If they had left it at the search for her mom, plus her leaving hops and returning at the end to fight, I think it would have been best for the season. Duffers could easily spend a lot of time on her, her mother, and other numbers after the others ask her where she's been. Personally, I really loved her choice to not kill or get revenge and set herself apart from her sister. She definitely grew there. And we have a couple emails. So this first one is says, hi, Rima and Sean. So here we are at the infamous episode seven. Both my husband and I had heard from various sources that this episode was the weak link of the season. So we were almost dreading watching it after so many incredible episodes. And though it did have a different flavor than the rest of the show, I still think it worked and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. It made sense for this episode to change the tone a bit. We're away from Hawkins in a grittier metropolitan setting with a new cast of characters that suit the environment. I actually love the -the over-the-top punk rock persona of Callie and her crew. It seemed to pay homage to great 80s films like The Warriors and Class of Newcomb High. I like the character of Callie and don't see her as evil, which I thought she might be, but as someone wounded and understandably distrustful. However, vengeance is definitely her goal, and I was a little afraid that Elle would give in to the thirst for revenge. I was, was, I was relieved that she pulled back when she found out about the children and stopped Kali from pulling the trigger as well. And since music is such an important component to the series, can I say that my husband was oddly excited to hear Bon Jovi's Runaway <laughs> playing in the opening scenes. We love that. As kids of the 80s, we can watch and love this show together. Woohoo! Oh, and that's totally my bad. That email was from Laura Willie Swink. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, Sorry thanks. about that. I totally copied and pasted and left that name off, but I would have known that email anywhere because she is my soul sister when it comes to music. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for that email, Laura. Appreciate it. Another email says, Hey guys, first of all, Sean, we Canadians don't say a boot. (laughs) We say, eh? Didn't we learn that? Did you ever watch Strange Brew? Uh, no, I it's, didn't. It's like from 1983, so I'll give you a pass. It's kind of old, but and it's but anyone uh, I, I I used to watch that all, all the time. Strange Brew. They said that all the time. Every time they did something, um, they were Canadians, Canadian brothers in this movie, and they said a eh? a lot after everything. <laughs> they said. So anyway, we say a. Eh? So now onto the rest of the show. 
Episode 7 was quite the swerve we left with that creature coming into Hawkins' lab at the end of Episode 6, and then we get no resolve. It was interesting to see Elle's growth in this episode from meeting her sister and running with her gang. The two of them would have been unstoppable, I'm sure, but for someone who was raised in a lab essentially as a weapon, she had a conscience when it came to family. Way to go, Mike and company. Then there was the realization she needed to go home to her friends. Look out, Demogorgon's judgment day is coming. <laughs> Have a great week, guys, and I can't wait to see what comes out of the pit in episode eight. Josh Diwali. Um, I am with you, Josh. I want to know what the hell is coming out. I, I think I want to know, and I'm kind of scared to know. And thank you also for sending me the correct pronunciation of your last name. I probably butchered the hell out of that last um, time that you emailed, so I apologize, and thank you for that correction. <laughs> um we also have um a a really awesome voicemail hey Reem and sean this is irish derek in switzerland again i thought i'd get in contact with you about uh, the much maligned episode seven of season two of stranger things uh, the lost sister um yeah personally i don't dislike this episode i think the episode's actually really good i really enjoyed it it does feel a little bit like an episode of runaways or um the gifted about marvel shows where you've got some teenagers using superpowers um i think the biggest issue that i have with the episode is the editing of where it sits as a standalone episode for 11 by not having her with the other characters for an episode it just feel makes her feel all alone makes her feel completely separated from the show as a whole this could be just millie bobby brown guest starring in one of those marvel superhero shows the best way to fix it really would have been that. mixing this with episode mm-hmm. six, which is one of the best episodes of the season. So would it have ruined that to have edited a bit of episode seven into that and a bit of episode six into episode seven, just so you could have a little bit of that touchstone back to those characters over in Hawkins. Anyway, that's my two cents. I really enjoyed the episode overall. But I, yeah, I, as I say, I would love to have had this kind of split across the season a bit more. Feels like poor Millie Bobby Brown didn't get much time with anybody other than Hopper uh, to work with during the season so far, which is a shame because the best part about these episodes is all of the kids working together. I'm sure we'll get to see her back with them pretty soon. Thanks for your time and thanks for the podcast. Talk to you again soon and very happy holidays to you. Sweet. Well, thank you very much. Happy holidays to you as well. Yes. Thank you, Derek. That was uh, one of our great friends. Derek That's a good point about about her not getting kind of that time with the rest of the characters. It's almost like Game of Thrones where, you know, as all these characters are finally coming together in the show, they're like actually working together for the first time. Yeah, exactly right. Very uh, Derek's always got really great insight um to to these shows. He and and he you know, um always has really great perspective. I always love hearing what he has to say and I love when he sends us um, a voicemail. <laughs> I'm going to insist that he do it every time he wants to leave feedback. Derek, you're not allowed to send anything in the Facebook or Twitter. You have to um, send me a voicemail <laughs> every time. <laughs> it's a requirement. You have a lovely and beautiful voice. I know I've told you this time and time again. Thank you. You've made my day. Oh, wonderful. I, I think I'm going to listen to it on repeat. And if that sounds a little <laughs> bit creepy, I'm sorry. I don't mean it in a creepy way. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We got some really great feedback. I had a feeling after I watched this episode, we were probably going to get a little bit more feedback than what we normally did. And you guys did not hold back. So thank you everyone so much for responding on Twitter, going on our Facebook page, sending us messages, emailing us, voicemails. I love it all. I love hearing what you guys have to say because you help enlighten 
the the show for me and um i really do appreciate it so thank you guys so much please keep keep writing us in and please um hang out with us for black mirror and give us some feedback on that too i'd love to hear it yeah thanks again everybody we love the feedback you guys are like you guys are super amazing like Rima and I talk about it all the time how great you guys are to us and we can't express how appreciative we are yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do it without you guys um, listening and giving us some great feedback for the show. So um, it really does mean a lot. <clears throat> and I'm gonna stop talking because I'll get all emotional and nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so, so next week's episode, what do we got, Sean? All right, so next week we'll be covering the eighth episode from season two, titled Chapter Eight: The Mind Flare. So the description for this episode is: An unlikely hero steps forward when a deadly development puts the Hawkins Lab on lockdown. Trapping Will and several others inside. Oh, crap. Dun, dun, dun. I think we're going to see that creepy, crawly thing up out of that pit. Oh, I wonder if the unlikely hero's dart. Oh, do you think it's going to be like the thing in Jurassic World when Blue recognizes um, oh, Chris Pratt's character? And oh, maybe. Instead? Yeah. Dart's going to be like, don't touch them, you son of a bitch. Oh. <sighs> Wouldn't that be something? We'll we'll only recognize him by that shedded skin that's like on his back, a piece of skin that didn't fall all the way off. We'll know that that's Dart because he looks a lot like them other ones. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, we are really excited for you to travel to Hawkins, Indiana with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Dead Cast at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance. It comes out every Sunday, folks. Check it out. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of people coming over from Strange Indeed, checking it out, and seem yeah. to like the show. So give it, a, give it a check it out. Yeah. Well, how can they not love you? All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 15, Chapter 7, The Lost Sister. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Josh Diwali is strange indeed. Ah, oh, eh. You mind if I join? Hmm. You are awfully young to be traveling alone, aren't you? And you are quite the chatterbox. So, where you at? your parents at home? I'm going to my friends. I'm going home. <laughs>